everybody. Welcome to The Move. Today, we are going to quickly discuss how the European Court of Justice's recent ruling on UEFA and FIFA's monopoly power over the soccer universe could have major implications for the future of professional cycling. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. I hope you're enjoying the Move Plus. I just wanted to jump in here for a second and tell you about a new partner of ours, and that is Kudos Snacks, K-U-D-O. Who doesn't love munching on popcorn, right? But there's ways you can make popcorn unhealthy or healthy. And our friends at Kudo Popcorn, Kudo Snacks, have figured it out. 10 grams of protein per bag. It gets better than that. It is gluten-free, preservative-free, 100% whole grain, keto-friendly, and only has 70 calories per cup. The most important thing is it tastes great. Uh, I had a case of it here a week ago. It is all gone. Those of you watching on YouTube, I would show you a bag of it, but my family devoured it. Absolutely loved it. Garlic Parmesan, white cheddar, and salty sweet kettle corn is my particular favorite. Check it out. You love to snack, but you want to snack healthy. You're going to love the flavors. You're going to love that we turned you on to this. Kudosnacks.com. K-U-D-O snacks.com and that's 25% off with the code the move all one word all caps the move at kudo snacks.com all right johan you wanted to sit down and talk about how today's it's a little you know it's a little high level but the european court of justice essentially in a long ruling said that uefa and fifa do not have the power to block you know this thing i don't know if people follow soccer but it was a big thing two years ago the european super league which was an attempted essentially breakaway breakaway league by the biggest clubs to start their own competition so they wouldn't have to deal with the federations like uefa is the european federation fifa is the international federation in soccer which would be similar to the uci that they don't have the power to block to like legally block new breakaway leagues you might be asking how is this relevant to cycling well we talked about run one pro cycling a few weeks ago and you were pretty negative on the outlook of it and if you don't know if you didn't listen to that episode run one pro cycling is like a i guess an alleged maybe maybe confirmed effort from richard pluga and a few other team managers to somehow create their own breakaway cycling league that would incorporate new and old races and try to pool all the sponsorships and tv rights and make you know make it a more sustainable model with you know new and interesting racing ideas and the biggest stars you were pretty negative on it because you thought that um aso the owner of the tour in the uci the governing body could just block it if they if they wanted you could say well if you race in any of these races you're now barred from racing in uci events which would include the olympics world championships tour de france but this, you do want to talk about how this ruling from the European Court of Justice, like now that the grownups have got involved, you could say that and are applying real law, how that could could actually give an opening to one pro cycling. Yeah, I mean, I think I think today's ruling of the the European Court of Justice is very important uh, and especially uh, because it's about the biggest sport in Europe, football, soccer. Um and so, as you said, you know, there was 12 teams, initially 12 teams, an initiative to have uh, a different competition. Uh, I want to specify, like, you know, these, this initiative and also one cycling uh, is intended to coexist with the federations and with uh, the bigger organizations. Um, so it's just another set of 
games or, or races or competition, but with the focus on increasing the revenue for the main players, which are the teams. So I think uh, today's ruling uh, against FIFA and against UEFA and the European Court of Justice has specifically said that this is an abuse of power. Uh, you know, I think this is very interesting for any new initiative in cycling. Um, you know, this is the benchmark football in, in, in Europe. Um, so I think when once there's a precedent, uh, cycling has now a better way. Of course, um, it's not going to be easy, but uh, I specifically wanted to talk about this today because um, we've always seen that any initiative which was outside of the UCI and even outside of ASO was systematically blocked, sabotaged, manipulated behind the scenes with sometimes, you know, coercing and bullying and threats. Uh, I think today's ruling is a new, the beginning of a new era, in my opinion. Um, initiative, an initiative as one cycling um, has now uh, a, better, a, a better future, in my opinion. Uh, you know, if, if the European Court of Justice rules against FIFA and against the UEFA, what does it take for them to rule against the UCI? Um, coincidentally, today, uh, there's an, there, there was a UCI press release, and I, I, that's why I, I really thought it was a good moment. They must have released this before they knew about the, the decision because it could not have come at a, at a, at a worse moment. But basically, the UCI released a statement today or yesterday. Yeah, I think this was like late yesterday. Yesterday, I quickly read the most important the most important uh, notes. The UCI has taken note of communications made by event organizer Derby Wheel related to a new series of Karen events with pool betting. Uh, the UCI was contacted first, but hasn't had news for a long time. We didn't have, the UCI hasn't, hasn't been provided with the necessary information and is not in a position to confirm the authorization for this new series. As such, they are currently considered forbidden events pursuant to the UCI regulations. Any participation of a UCI license holder in these events shall lead to disciplinary action according to the UCI rules. So, abuse of power, threats, bullying, exactly the same. Uh, we are talking about a Karen event, right? So you could say, well, no big deal. But I think the fact that they have manifested their desire and obsession about power is telling on, on a day and the day after UEFA and FIFA got, got called back exactly because of the same thing. So uh, it has happened before. The UCI has, for example, threatened uh, teams and sued teams and an organization called Villon when they started their own series. It was called the Hammer Series, which was also events owned by the teams in specific places, a very uniform format. The UCI has sued them. Uh, I think I read somewhere last week that Velon actually is struggling to survive and that they're on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, so 
these things, whatever FIFA and UEFA has done to towards the 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 teams who were supposed to be part of the Super League, the UCI has done already several times, and other federations, other international federations are doing the same constantly. So, this is about abuse of power and about the 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 free market uh, against the monopoly, and uh, we're we're looking constantly in cycling. We're looking constantly at a monopoly uh, in terms of power is the monopoly of the UCI, but you could say, well, the super league, the super league, uh, actually already exists in cycling. It's owned by ASO. They have the tour and they have all the other important events. They have the Vuelta, yeah. they have Paris Nobel, yeah. Baston Liège, Dauphiné, Paris Nice, name it. Right. So, um, I'm not saying that this is now going to be a walk in the park for people who are behind the initiative of one cycling or any other initiative of a so-called breakaway league, breakaway event, or something which is not coming from the UCI or not being approved by the UCI. But I think it sets a very interesting precedent for an initiative as one cycling to have uh, a possible success. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And, and it was, it was uh, funny to see that, that this, you know, this, supposedly unimportant series of Karen races on the track. Uh, but the UCI have shown their face straight away. They went on it and said, Hey, we don't know about this. They haven't asked our opinion. We haven't authorized it. So anybody who's participating in this will be sanctioned. Well, I think they're going to have to review this statement and, uh, and review it. The thing is Spencer that international sporting federations, including the UCI, have been so used over the years to get away with whatever they want because they are write their own regulations. They're not approved by anybody except them. A lot of times, sporting regulations of federations are actually illegal in a normal civil court, but yet they impose them on their license holders and members and uh, sports law is just uh, based on whatever a federation wants and uh, ultimately what the IOC wants. Uh, but of course, the IOC and all the sporting federations are, you know, how do you say it? They're in bed together, right? Uh, so they have the same interests. But, but I, think, I think after today's decision, uh, things are going to change. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that is like salary caps and... American sports, those are really popular, but that's not technically legal. Like if we, there was four companies, if Apple, Google, and Facebook all got together and decided that they couldn't spend more than X on any employees, that would be illegal. They would not be allowed to do that, but sporting leagues oftentimes get a pass because they can lobby specific people that are important or even pass specific laws to help them. It's harder in Europe, which is why this is probably happening in Europe. But the big takeaway is that and it's not that the European Super League is going to happen. It's just now that FIFA and UEFA cannot block it, basically can't kill it in its infancy. Yeah. They have to like let it go out to the free market. Yeah. Who knows if that will actually work? There's a lot of obstacles to it. But this Karen thing is really interesting. I, I frankly would never have noticed this had you not brought this to my attention, Johan. Because um, I, I was thinking like, who cares about Derby Wheel and some Karen racing? I know it's big in Japan. Like, Kieran racing with um, racing with betting is massive in Japan. And it's like, oh, well, it's probably not going to catch on in Europe. Who cares? 
But I actually was unaware. I hadn't read low enough in the press release to know that if they consider it a quote unquote forbidden event, it doesn't mean that they're not sanctioning it because what do they care? It just means that any rider with UCI license that does the event could be banned from UCI events, which would include very important races. So Mark Cavendish couldn't compete in this Kieran racing event because he would lose his ability to race in major road races. That's a uh -huh. big deal. In this case, it's probably not that important, but what if Richard Plugay and six other teams launch, you know, I don't know, like a tour of Bavaria and it's, it's their own one cycling owned event, yeah. then they wouldn't be allowed to have professional cyclists essentially because of this ability that maybe now has been revoked. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, the, the difference, the difference between cycling and, and most of the other sports is of course, uh, and it's a problem for cycling and it's, it makes organizing events in other sports easier, uh, is that most of the other sports are in a stadium in a closed environment, which is privately owned. Most of the cases and cycling is on the public roads. What does that mean? Uh, and this is also something that the federations, international federations, and then through their members, the national federations are, are going to use as an argument and as a weapon. If you want to organize a race on public roads, you need the authorization and the cooperation of the authorities and the police to block the traffic, to organize that it's a safe environment. Now, normally, countries and authorities work through federations. Um, so in this case, for sure, for sure, UCI is going to play with that weapon that they have is that, okay, well, they can't organize a race anyway, because any authority needs to go through the national federation. Let's say if you want to organize a race in Belgium, you need to go through the Belgian federation to have the, 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 the approval that you can actually contract policemen and but let's not forget you know one cycling is it's saudi money behind and apparently it's a lot of money i am not excluding i'm actually quite confident that even without any federation that you can still get the approval and the cooperation of the authorities um to organize a bike event um you know i mean it happens it happens in other parts of of life you know i mean if you if if you want to organize a mega concert uh you need to have the approval of the, the 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 city or or the country or the town to use their land and and to you know so there as far as i know there is no federation of concerts <laughs> all these <laughs> all, all these events are privately private private initiatives so um it's going to complicate things a little bit for cycling but it's definitely not impossible so personally i am i'm very happy that this happened today because you know i've i've been involved in this 20 25 years ago already with initiative initiatives like this uh and now of course it got it got better and better but it's always the same there was always the same system being used is that they sabotaged by trying to deunite, you know, the, the, to, to, to pick, pick out little, little members here and there. And finally, uh, this is the same happened with, with the Super League. Initially, there was 12 teams. Finally, there was three teams left. 
Yeah. Because there was so much pressure and and threats. So uh, let's hope that the teams are are united. They can stay united. And if if they're patient and they're smart, there is nothing that stands away in the way of a new initiative. Um, I've, I'm a big fan of, of, of separating professional sports from the sports as a whole. Uh, it, you know, the professionals, a, a, a professional league can function within the regulations of the federation, but in terms of organization and business and revenue needs to be independent. I mean, the UCI has no business in making money off events. But of course, you know, the UCI is going to say, well, you know, if this race is not sanctioned by us, we're not getting the license money of this organizer. We're not getting this. We're not getting this. Um, so it for them, races are also a source of a source of revenue. And I think that they're seeing that there's a part of the races that may actually escape from that uh, from their revenue and uh but in theory an international federation should do what they have to do it's, it's regulate the sport they could do a bit better on their regulations um but regulate the sports uh and uh you know professional sports should be an entity an, a separate entity and or an, inter- an independent entity within the whole sport of cycling but but doing their own thing and i think that's the future, it's what's going to happen sooner or later. Um, so that's why today I wanted to talk about this based on that favorable decision of uh, the, the European Court of Justice for, uh, for the teams. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at AG1. This has been uh, a part of my routine for over two years now. And I'm, you know, I'm actually pretty good about eating my veggies. And I thought, well, I'll just double down on this. I can do better. I can always do better. And uh, one of the main things I noticed personally is uh, my gut health, you know, gut health, digestion, everything just seemed to get better. And gut health is related to mental health, too. There's a lot of connections there. So if you're off, this might be an answer to help you just get things dialed in right and get a lot of the, uh, you know, the nutrients and everything you need that you might be deficient on and don't even realize it. Make it part of your routine and try it. I'm pretty sure you'll see a difference. Uh, AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And and that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash the move. That's drinkag1.com slash the move. Check it out. Yeah, like a good example of that would be FIFA is FIFA, but they don't tell the English Premier League they, they don't organize their events and then get money off of English Premier League games. They don't get a mm-hmm. piece of that pie. That's just the private entity that is the English Premier League that runs its business the way it wants to run it. Same thing with the NBA. Like FIBA, the International World Basketball Association is not coming in and getting a, a cut of NBA game revenues. Like they're just doing regulations and they can have their own events if they want. They can have a World Cup, but they shouldn't be encroaching on a private business, which is what like NBA, NFL, English Premier League are the one thing I would ask you about is so this this one pro cycling league or one cycling whatever they call it 
kind of like came onto the scene with a lot of publicity. There was a lot of talk about Saudi investment. It didn't seem to have a ton of the, those stories weren't sourced incredibly well. What What is the deal? We haven't heard much from it since. Like, is it still going? I think, is there Saudi I, investment? What's the deal there? Yeah, there is. There is. There's definitely, I mean, I've spoken to a few people who are, you know, unofficially involved because nobody wants to say really a lot of details, but from what I can sense, the excitement and the enthusiasm of people who are members of this initiative is is big. And they are very, very confident that it's going to happen. Now, today is going to give them a big boost. Um, and, and, you know, it's not because we don't hear a lot about it. Uh, I think it's probably better we don't hear a lot about it. The less we hear about it, the more chances of success it has, in my opinion. And the less the UCI knows about it, the better. Uh, include, I mean, also you, also ASO, they shouldn't, they shouldn't know anything about it either. Um, but, um, I mean, based on what we're seeing, uh, in terms of the, the, the Saudis getting involved in a lot of different sports, you know, money's not an issue. Um, I, I can't see this. I can see this being stopped, uh, at some point. Uh, I was, I was skeptical um, a few weeks ago, because I've seen so many times initiatives being shut down based on, on, you know, what I just told about, you know, sabotaging and, and, and blackmailing and, and threatening, but this decision of today changes everything from, in my opinion. Yeah. And it kind of signals that their ability, this, we don't want to get too into the weeds here. It gets a little, it can be a little tedious, which is the way they want it, but you know, the UCI currently takes you, if you have an issue with them, they take you to CAS, which is the court of arbitration for sport, mm -hmm. which is not, that's not real court, right? It's just no. some well, sort I mean, of. I, I have a big experience with, with CAS because my personal case was decided there. Uh, you know, and CAS, uh, CAS is an instrument of the IOC. The IOC, um, and then through all the international federations, makes it mandatory for every license holder to go to CAS, the Court of Arbitration of Sports in Lausanne. Um, very mysterious organization. Um, it's funded and dependent on the IOC and the International Federation. So it's, uh, you know, I can tell you, I've spent five days there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a neutral court by far. I mean, it's, it's everything but neutral. Um, you are coerced into accepting this entity as the, 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 the court that decides over any disputes. Uh, and on top of that, it's arbitration. It's not a court. Uh, usually arbitration between two parties needs to be voluntarily. Here you have no choice. If you don't, you know, you, they can say, they, they can say, well, you don't have to accept it. If but if you don't accept it, they don't give you a license. So you are obligated to to uh, to go there. Um, I would say I would even go further than that. I would say you know, at least my experience with most of the UCI rules, um, they're crafted in a way that uh, they're always gonna advantage the federation you have to accept them. And if someone wants to take those regulations to a normal court, 
in most of the occasions, they're going to be rejected. They're not legal. Uh, this is not normal justice. This is, you know, one, one direction justice. They can do whatever they want. They are not accountable to anybody. And um, that's unfortunately the way everybody has been used to work during, you know, several decades. Uh, but I've seen cases. Um, anybody who has the time and the energy and especially the financial resources to take on a federation in a normal court um, have big chances of winning. The, the only downside is that you're normally dealing with athletes who have a very short career, have limited resources, and they don't have time on their side. So you could win a case where you, you get convicted for something by the UCI uh, in a normal court, but it's probably two or three years later. So your career is over already. So most of the people that say, well, you know what? It's not worth it, you know, but out of principle, there are people who have won because most of the sporting re regulations in a normal court of law are illegal. Yeah, like we saw this with the biological passport, where they were trying to ban people based on biological passport violations, you know, maybe a noble pursuit, but they just would people with means writers with means would take them to court, they never held up. Now yeah. they're used a little bit differently, they kind of target test based on biological passport data. Yeah. But and you can start to see that really, it's the monopoly, which gives cast power, because if they can say, well, you don't want to arbitrate, you don't get a license, what are you going to do? If you don't have a UCI license, you can't do anything but maybe if uh -huh. there was another option you know you you wouldn't have to go you wouldn't be forced uh, arbitration you know it's listen it's not all it's not all negative right i mean on the you could in favor of the system of of cast for example i would say it's it's unified and it's in theory it should be faster arbitration should be faster than than a, than a long trial and you don't have to deal with uh different rules different judgments of different countries right that's obviously also an issue uh but man let me tell you if a federation sues you and you have to go to cas you're dead yet there's no way there's no way i mean it needs to be really 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 like black on white i mean personally i mean I, I i can give you a little example for example i i've spent five days there when you saw the um, wanted to convict me for, for a lifetime ban, which finally I got. Uh, and then WADA joined them. Uh, and so I was sitting there for five days and, and it was the WADA code, which was the, 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 the rules. WADA code is also written. Uh, so, uh, WADA and USADA had hired the lawyer who wrote the WADA code. And this guy was on every single issue that there was a potential doubt of interpretation he was telling the judges how to interpret the rules he wrote them but he was defending usada and wada so um this is i mean it's it was it was i mean once you're there you said what the hell am i doing here this is this is just you know this a waste of time and an incredible waste of money <laughs> if i would have known i would never have gone there and, and you know save save that money because it, it cost me a fortune but um but yeah i mean in in, in almost all the cases you know um 
when when it's when it's a federation uh, against against an individual it's very rare that the individual uh wins the case and to and tie I'm this talking in... about i'm not just talk, talking about doping it's on yeah, any, yeah, yeah. on any dispute right on any dispute yeah like most pertinent to this would be you know we're talking about doping cases at with uci but you know imagine if you go imagine if unbound is is considered a forbidden event next year because they don't want to pay the uci yeah. a fee to be registered as a uci race everyone who does unbound is then now banned from uci right. events it's not Look, impossible that I mean, that would the, happen the, the 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 most the most uh public case is the 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 case of casper caster semenya you know the 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 south african athletes yeah yeah uh the 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 international athletics federation went against her uh in cas i think she she lost um I don't know what the outcome was after all, but you know, in a normal court, I think she 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 won. Uh, but you know, it takes such a long time that you know her career is over. Yeah, yeah, it's like kind of a tragic thing. But to tie this into current events of the past forty-eight hours, so this happens. This ruling comes down. You cannot impose your monopolistic power as a national or international federation, continental federation, just to kill upstart leagues in but you would think you're like okay aso that's an unassailable monolith of cycling they have the most important events the tour de france being the biggest one no one can ever challenge these people so it's irrelevant you know it doesn't matter if the courts will rule if aso doesn't approve one cycling will never stand a chance but what have we seen in the past three days two i would say what two of the sports biggest four five biggest stars have decided to do the Giro d'Italia, which is not an ASO event, which is an RCS event. One of them, Wout Van Aert, is skipping the tour entirely. Like, are we seeing a little bit of shift? Like, is this like a tiny p- balance of power shift in cycling mm, where maybe ASO no, is losing I, a little bit? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is no. I think this is a coincidence. Uh, you know, we're, obviously, we're talking about we're talking about uh, Pogacar going to the Giro and Wout Van Aert going to the Giro. Um, I think first of all, it's it's personal choices. Uh, there's money involved. Let's let's not forget, ASO is so powerful and the Tour is so important that they will never ever ever pay somebody to start at the Tour de France. Everybody's dying to be there. The Giro RCS have a different approach. They have a great event, but you know if they have a huge star, it puts their event a little bit closer to the Tour. So for sure, they have paid. Uh, a big amount of money to Pogacar and they're paying a big amount of money to Van Aert. Uh, they're smart with that. Um, and so I think that's the, that's, that's the first, uh, one of the, one of the reasons that both of those guys are going there. And then, you know, in terms of Pogacar, I also think that, you know, the guy won the tour twice, right? The last two editions, he lost the tour. He was second, but he kind of sees that Vingegaard is strong. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of criticism on Twitter, for example, about Pogacar doing the Giro and not prioritizing the tour. But, you know, who are we to, to say, yeah, yeah, he should focus on the tour only and try to win the tour again. I mean, the guy won it twice, in my opinion, and especially the way cycling is going nowadays, when young guys are coming more and more, uh, the guy wants the, his legacy. 
when, for when he retires. And he, you know, in, in, in today's cycling, you don't know how you, how long you're going to last. So I think he wants to put a strike again to the, like, you know, take next to the Giro, wants to win the Giro. And ultimately he's going to want to win the Vuelta. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he, he wants to win all three grand tours. Uh, and it's, it's his full right to, to, to think like that. Uh, and, and, and then on top of that also, Spencer, you know, in today's cycling, we don't really know, you know, I mean, nobody has been trying lately to, to go for the double, but the way these guys train, the way these guys, uh, recover, maybe it's possible in today's cycling to be top in the Giro and top in the tour or Pogacar could win the Giro without being hundred percent. That's another possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I was flummoxed by the decision. I'm, I, I just, I'm having a hard time getting behind it, but you do have a good point that he's so good. He could win the zero without being a hundred percent and kind of just seamlessly go in, like use it as a training camp essentially. And then go into the tour. Well, also, I mean, uh, and, and in another, another way of seeing it is, uh, you know, okay, let's try to win the zero. You know, if things go to plan, he should win it. I think. Uh, and then he starts the tour without any pressure. Um, if he fails, fine. You know, it, it's normal. He did the Giro already. But, you know, that puts all the pressure on Vingegaard and uh, and Jumbo or Visma Lisa bike from today on. I guess they presented their team. And, and you know, if you look at uh, UAE, they're going to the tour with Pogacar and Ayuso and Almeida. Uh, so these are three guys that they can say, okay, maybe your three guys are not 100% at the same level as Vingegaard, but the three together could do a lot of damage. That's another story. We've never seen those well, three guys work together, so we, yeah. we're not going to go into that today, <laughs> but... Um, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, I don't hate the, the, their idea. It's poetic because that's how Yumbo beat Pogacar to begin with in 2022. They used three riders to beat up on him. Also, I mean, you gotta be licking your chops a little bit. If you're, if you're Primos, if you're UAE, if you're Rimco, no out Van Art for Jonas at the tour, that's, that's going to be really different. It is going to be different. I mean, Van Art is definitely uh a guy who is you know you can you can build you can build a cathedral on him you know i mean if in, in any race um but you know they're still very strong uh and 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 also let's not forget that in my opinion it seems that jonas is still improving he's still getting better well is that so, part of the decision too like i'm not I i'm not worried i'm not worried of van art not being there not at all actually and is Tade thinking, well, if Jonas is getting better and he's at his best of the tour, not that it's a waste of his time, but I'm, it's just going to be hard to beat him. So I'll just go win a Giro, get that off my shoulders. Maybe I, maybe the things roll my way at the tour. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not stupid. You know, it's, uh, I, I personally think it's, it's a personal decision of him wanting to start winning other races so when he retires that he can say, okay, I won all three. I mean, he can win all three round tours for sure. You know, it just, it just needs to find the time to do them, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think, I think it's, we have to respect his choice. It's, uh, I think it's good. It's good for the sport. 
I mean, at the risk of sounding stupid, if this doesn't happen, I think he could win the Giro like with with one leg. Like this year, Root's oh. perfect for him. I, he could really easily, not easily, but as as Garrett Thomas just said on your podcast two days ago, yesterday, he won the 2008 Tour without being pushed to his limit. I think you could see Tade do the same thing at this year this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, winning any Grand Tour is always uh, very hard, and it takes a lot out of you. So uh until well, until the opposite is proved it's not the ideal approach to do the giro before the tour especially if you have the opportunity to do a ideal lead up to the tour you know typical like dauphine and training camps and and tour de france but um hey Pogacar is a guy who basically you know disrupts every cycling rule you know, who would have thought that he would win the Tour of, Tour of Flanders and dropping the two best riders on that course, uh, making them look like they were juniors. And he did it, you know? Yeah. I mean, Daniel Freebay from the Cycling Podcast has a theory that to prepare for Grand Tours, you should only race Grand Tours. So if this works out, he's going to, his, his theorem will have been proven correct. So he has a lot riding on this personally, but it's well, fun. I thought. It was only crazy riding Grand Tours. I mean, the, the thing with, with today is he 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 will ride the Giro before the Tour, but he also rides other races. So, uh, you know, that's that's a bit. But but he did uh, he did uh, he's very selective in his spring classics. Uh, I think it's only Milan San Remo Liège Baston Liège. Um, but of course, you know, both of those races also demand a lot of preparation. Uh, and, and knowing Pogacar, I mean, he's, he's, he's not racing those races just to participate when he's racing. He, he thinks he can win Milan Sanremo and he thinks he can win Liege. So, um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's, it's a massive win for the Giro. Like we wouldn't be talking about the Giro this time of year without him. And we'll let everyone go, go into their holiday, long holiday weekend, hopefully with uh, thoughts of potential breaking of the UCI ASO monopoly in, in pro cycling. I, I'm still a little skeptical, but I agree with you, Johan. This does kind of give it a breath of life that it didn't have before. Absolutely. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we will be back probably early 2024 talk, talking sure. some uh, early season stuff. Yeah. Thanks. All right. have- have a great holidays and, and talk to you later. Bye. Okay, likewise.